You're checking in with the doctor for the greatest fantasy baseball podcast in the world. Starring your hosts, Dr. Fantasy. I'm ready to rock and roll today. And Rydog. A Harrison masturbator. Welcome to Doc and Dog, your fantasy baseball geniuses. Presented by the Fantasy Holics. What's up, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Doc and Dog presented by the Fantasy Holics. My name is Jordan Jike, aka Dr. Fantasy, and I'm here with my co host, Rye Dog. Rye Dog, are you ready to talk some New York Yankees baseball? Let's talk some pinstripe baseball, Doc. Then this is the bad New York team, but I guess I, uh, I'll digress and talk about it anyway. But this is presented by the Fantasy Holics. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter. We launched our new website, thefantasyholics.com. So make sure you check out the articles on there. And we are in the middle of our Major League Baseball mini series, and we are talking about the New York Yankees lineup rotation a few impact prospects at the end and we're going to talk about the fantasy relevance of each so we will kick it off with talking about the lineup batting off a guy that i know you are very very high on uh <laughs> playing second form dj lemayhew i will also note that he is eligible for first and third he is currently going pick 58 uh everything he's one of those names that I'm always like, hey, I don't want DJ LeMayhew. That's always how I've felt about him. But when I really looked at his metrics, man, he hits the ball hard. All of his advanced stats are very elite. Uh, you know, he finished with 25 home runs last year, 100 RBIs, 100 runs scored. Obviously, he's batting at the top of a very potent lineup. So, I mean, he you can get him, especially second base is a weak position, and we've talked about that. And you're getting him after guys like Albies and Hiura. Uh So it, you're able to get him almost 20 picks later. So I actually think he offers pretty decent value in that spot. Yeah, and I've been a DJ truther since his days with Colorado. His away stats prior to joining the Yankees, prior to joining like Yankees last year, it was very intriguing to see. And everyone was writing him off. He was going to pick 100-plus last year. And I'm like, I'm going to take the chance on him. I really think there's more to show. And somehow, he just, like, skyrocketed from, like, a 10-home run hitter to 25. I just knew he had the pop in his bat, too. And he, you're getting three base eligibility from him. So, at pick 50-something, I'm definitely taking me some LeMayhew. And he offers the, the four out of the five categories that I look for. He's not the fastest guy in the world, but he definitely gives you the average, a 20-home run hitter. 100 RBIs, probably not 100 again this year because of the leadoff spot. He might hit 80 to 90, and he'll definitely drive in 100-plus runs, so he'll make up for it. So he's everything that I look for, and you're getting three eligibility positions, like I said, so I'm definitely taking him at that value. Yep, I agree. Batting second behind him, I will note that this is without Aaron Judge, who is injured right now. Um, So we'll talk about Aaron Judge as well at the end, but this is a lineup without Aaron Judge currently who should be back given if the season does happen. So batting second, they have Brett Gardner right now in the outfield, uh, going pick 243, so towards the end, ownership's a little lower. Um, but he's 36 years old now. He hit 28 home runs. You know, if you really need home runs, you can probably snag him at the end of drafts. But we've talked about it with other guys. You can grab Jock Peterson, 
there's a lot of guys that offer home run, low average potential at the end of the draft. So I never get excited about these guys. I think they're kind of, it is what it is. I think that outfield could be a little crowded and his at-bats might be limited when they're healthy. So um, not really much else to say on that. Yeah, and like you said, this is a lineup without Judge. I guarantee you if the season did start tomorrow, we would definitely see probably Judge or whenever the season does happen. We'll definitely see Judge in that lineup for their quote-unquote opening day. So wouldn't want to read too much into Gardner being in their lineup. And like you said, for fantasy relevance for Gardner, he's just a guy that if you need a, a home run or two and you think he has a decent matchup, I mean, I guess, but I mean – for home runs, most guys hit the twenty to twenty-five home run. You shouldn't really need to look for. That's the one category I don't. I don't think people would ever need to look for. Yep, I agree. You shouldn't anyway, depending on how you're drafting. So I mean, <laughs> we'll talk about it now then, since Aaron Judge most likely would slot in in that spot. Uh, he's going pick forty-three currently. You know, and everybody knows that he has all the home run ability. He has fifty home run potential at the top of that lineup. He's going to score runs. Um, pick 43, I think, is fair for him. And I think the only reason he goes that late is because of the injury concern. Um, but, I mean, he's a guy, I actually have taken him later than that in a few drafts. There was one draft where I got him and Stanton in a back-to-back, and it was right around pick, like, 80 and 81, something like that. So I got them very late. So if you can snag them, I mean, and you know other people in your league aren't as high on them, I'm definitely taking him that late, but... I think that if he's fully healthy, he goes even earlier than 43. So uh, he's one of those guys with the shortened season that probably has a huge advantage because he's probably not going to miss any time to start. So I think that's good value for him because if he was fully healthy, you'd probably be looking at him 10 to 15 spots higher. Agreed. And, I mean, it's because people are so – they get injury scared is what I like to call it, where they don't draft guys. And they ride them off so quickly because they are injury scared. But they're going to have a full season one of these years. And I want to take the value all day. So with guys like Judge and Stan, if they're going pick 40 to 80 or whatever, that's just crazy value, in my opinion. Because those guys are top top 15 in my my, – not overall, but top 15 outfielders, in my opinion. So batting third in this lineup is going to be Gleyber Torres. He has shortstop and second base eligibility. He's going pick 25 right now, so a little higher than I thought, but it seems, based on the drafts that I've been in, it probably seems about right. Um, His advanced metrics weren't promising. He actually doesn't hit the ball very hard. Um, He had a very high launch angle, which led to his 38 home run season last year. So I do think he has a lot of ability to hit home runs. We've talked about second base before being a weak position. I think he offers upside, but I'm not 100% in on him being... um, I'm going to need another season or two for him to show me something before I'm taking him that early. I'd consider him once we got into the 35-ish range, but um, I do still think he has upside in this offense, but I'm just hesitant to uh, anoint him in the 25 spot yet. 25 is crazy for uh, Torres, in my opinion. I, 38 home runs doesn't joke with I mean, that's it's a lot of home runs for a second baseman, but we just talked about LeMahieu, who does it all. And you can get him in the 50-something. So you can get someone 25 picks later. I'm all in for it. Yep. Yep, I would agree. Uh, Batting behind him in the fourth spot, probably going to DH, play some outfield every once in a while, Giancarlo Stanton. 
Same thing. He's going pick 62 right now, and I think that's just because of the injury concerns. You know, once again, a guy that's going to hit 40 to 50 home runs when he's healthy, batting behind all these uh, potent hitters in the Yankees lineup. He has a ton of upside, and uh, I mean, I like him last, but I already mentioned that I've taken him and Judge a little later because people are scared off by the injuries. I think Stan has a longer injury history. So it's a little more warranted, but um, I still am willing to take a chance on him based on his upside in that spot. I completely agree. I would definitely take a chance, especially in the pick 60, uh, 61. That's a crazy value for someone that has top 15 outfield overall, in my opinion. So, yeah, I'm taking him. Uh, I might even reach around earlier on him just because you know what you're going to get out of Stanton. Mm-hmm. If he stays healthy, that is. Yep, I agree. Batting fifth in that lineup is Gary Sanchez, their catcher. He is currently going pick 77. Uh, And we've talked about catchers a few times. It's very, 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 a very shallow position. Uh, After Real Muto and Gary Sanchez, I think it drops off very quickly. And I know a lot of people that aren't high on Gary Sanchez this year. Um, and, you know, and I get it, but after those two at the top, there's not a ton of upside at catcher, in my opinion. So if you can take a guy, he's going to pick 77 right now. Um, and I've gotten him even later than that because people are scared off by the injury history. They think what he's done is a little fluky. I think where he's going now is good value for him. And if you get a guy that hits around 30 home runs as your catcher, he's probably going to lead the league in home runs for catchers. Agreed. Um, we talked about this in previous pods. We talk about it all the time. Him and Real Muto are 1A and 1B. I think they're very similar, but if you're going to want to look for power, who has the most power is definitely going to be Sanchez. I completely agree with you there. And he, it's just this Yankees team in general. It just seems so injury-prone. Yeah. It's just crazy. I mean, you got pitchers out. You got Severino hurt again for the rest of the year. You got Judge. It's just like they cannot catch a break. I don't know what it is with that medical staff over there, but it's definitely crazy. So people are definitely scared to draft him. And I could, for the record, I see why. But however, like we like to discuss, the value there is just so great. You just almost have to take him. Yep. Yeah, and I've taken him a few times in that. I've seen him drop all the way to 100 in a few leagues that I've been in which I think is a crazy drop for a guy, especially a catcher that's going to hit 30 home runs, but yeah. it is what it is. Uh, yeah, I'll take that value all day with you. Batting sixth in that lineup is their first baseman, Luke Voigt. Uh, he's currently going pick 197, which I thought was kind of interesting. He's going ahead of a lot of first basemen. Not that 197 is a high position, but he's going right around the uh, 15th or so. Uh, even higher is the 13th overall first baseman. So people are taking him borderline as their starting first baseman, which I was really surprised on. I don't know if it's because he's a Yankee or that ballpark, but I'm not a big Luke Voigt fan. There's other guys I'd rather take. Um, and I would even, even a Christian Walker from the Diamondbacks who goes like 60 picks later, um, but not someone that I'm very high on. I agree. I mean, I'd take a Hosmer over Luke Boyd. I mean, he's always been so highly drafted. He was highly drafted last year, too. I don't know what it is with people and their fascination with Luke Boyd, but I'm not fascinated, so I'm going to take someone else. Not <laughs> impressed. Not impressed. <laughs> Thank you, next. <laughs> and betting in that seventh spot in their outfield right now is Mike Taupman. 
Um, and I think that their outfield is going to be interesting to watch, especially when Judge comes back and you have Gardner, Clint Frazier there. So quite a few names. I think that if Toutman is able to get consistent at bats, he has a lot of power upside. He's going pick 237. Uh, I just worry that he's not going to get the at bats or if Frazier takes them. I think that's one of the reasons that these guys are going so late in drafts. They offer some upside if they do get those consistent at-bats, but as of right now, it's hard to trust them, even if he's able to hit 30 home runs, potentially. Potentially is the key word there. Yeah, I agree, and there's so many at-bats. and they have, The Yankees actually have a very, very young roster outside of their major studs, of course, so there's gonna there's so many positions that you can only put on the diamond, and they have so many players, so it's going to be interesting to see how they spread these at-bats. I actually like the younger players they have, you know, not not including their Torreses or whoever, but like their farm system prospects. I actually like the Yankees' younger players a lot, like I said. So I'm going to be intrigued to see which ones they decide to roll on the field. Yep, definitely. Batting behind him right now in the eighth spot, they have Gio Urshela playing third for him. Um, Andujar is probably also going to get some at-bats, but I actually like Gio Urshela. He's going to pick 232 right now. He had a 300 average last year, hit 20 home runs, 70 RBIs. You know, it's hard to find guys in today's game that bat with a high average. So if you can find a guy towards the end of the draft that gets you a 300 average, I think that's that's good value. And once again, I'm interested to see how the at-bats shape up there. Andujar is injured right now, but, um, you know, if Ursula is in that starting lineup, I'm I'm intrigued by him, I'll say. I'm intrigued by him, too. We discussed this. You know, he, does, he has a high average. His home runs are 20-plus. His RBIs are 70-plus. And, I, I mean, he's going to probably – he's not – may score some runs, too, maybe 60 to 70 runs. So he's definitely an interesting play there. And Andujar is almost never on the field except the one year he had – where he really broke out. So he's still Andujar is still living off that name. Mm-hmm. When he did play like the whole five games last year, he definitely didn't look like himself. So I think it might be a position battle to who will start that third base. I think Andujar may have lost a grip on it. Yeah, I agree with that. Betting ninth behind him is Clint Frazier right now. I know uh, lots of people love Clint Frazier my way. We're about an hour away from the Yankees AAA farm team. People love Clint Frazier and Scranton. Um, you know, I think in the Yankees lineup, he, he's going around pick 240 right now. Everybody knows the, the ballpark is very hitter-friendly. Clint mm-hmm. Frazier has shown some flashes in the majors. He's, once again, probably not a guy I'm drafting. I'll keep my eye on him if he is getting consistent at-bats and he goes through a hot streak. I'll keep my eye on him, but I, I don't know. If I'm in a deep enough league, I'll probably take him with one of my last picks, but... I, uh, I'm leaving him on the waiver wire and just kind of keeping him in the back of my mind until further notice. Oh, man, you're not taking the Clint? No. <laughs> Are you yeah, a Fraser he... maniac? <laughs> he definitely showed some glimpse of hope when he was with the Pirates, so uh, I'm, a, I'm a fan of the anything's possible scenario. <laughs> Love me some Clint, but uh, and I mean, in all seriousness, you're right, though. Uh, later rounds is more of ideal, like the last pick flyer. And if you feel like joking around with it, I would definitely would take the Clint. <laughs> <laughs> it's once again one of those things, too, you always have to keep an eye on where guys are batting in the lineup. Because no, I think he's got more speed than a lot of these guys in the lineup. So if he was ever able to move himself up even in that two range, because they think he has more of a uh, ability to create some havoc on the base paths than some of their other guys, then he's a guy that's definitely worth taking an eye or taking a look at. But uh, I think you kind of have to 
wait and see with him a little bit. I agree. I agree completely. Let's see. We will move over to the rotation then. Their ace this year, newly minted, new signed Garrett Cole, is currently going pick 6.6 right now. So right in the middle of that first round, which is a very high price tag. I think people are hoping for the uh, uh, repeat of last season. And if he was to repeat it, I think it'd be great value. I won't say value, but I think it'd be fair for him. The biggest thing I'm worried about with him, number one, I don't take pitchers that early, but number two is he actually allowed a lot of home runs last year. And in that mm-hmm. stadium, I don't think that's yeah. going to fly. So I could see him. He's going to still strike guys out. There's no doubt about that at an elite rate. Yeah. But, you know, I could see that ERA creeping up into the more maybe even mid threes. You know, I don't know if I should be saying that out loud, but <laughs> if he had a 3.4 ERA, honestly, it wouldn't surprise me. So he has all the ability in the world, but I'm worried about him in that ballpark. Oh, I agree. I agree completely. I mean, I'm afraid to take a call myself and it's a high price tag to draft someone for a guy that just got a high powered contract. So, uh, he definitely doesn't have to work as hard as he did last year either. Cause he knew last year he was in a, contract year he knew what he was going to get and now he got it so if you're someone that just got paid you gotta think why am i gonna work just as hard as i did last year when i already got my money and that's a very good point as well so i'm not taking the 1.6 on a pitcher first off i don't care who you are (laughs) if kofax comes back i'm not taking him at the first pick is that a possibility (laughs) you're saying (laughs) anything's possible doc (laughs) <laughs> but I'm not going to take, I'm not taking them. And I think, well, you get like $300 million. Yeah. And I mean, I think that it's crazy to me that major league teams keep signing guys to these contracts because how many of them have worked out? I mean, you would think at some point general managers would learn, you know, I oh, always yeah. say that they never ever work out. So I, I don't, I just, I don't get it. I don't either. And then they and then look at what happened with Ellsbury when they signed Ellsbury. I mean, and they just took Stanton's contract. And, I mean, we just talked about we like Stanton for the upside if he's there, but he hasn't stayed on the field. Yeah, no, it's... I mean, I'm not saying Cole's going to get hurt, but I'm definitely not taking with that price. I mean, that's I think just... best-case scenario, what's that contract, 10 years? I mean, I think yeah. best-case scenario, and it's similar. I really respect the Mariners for what they did with Robinson Cano. Because they yeah. got three or four, however many years, really good years out of Robinson Cano. But they knew the right time when to unload him. And they got a good haul for considering his contract from the Mets. You know, I still think that that deal favors the Mariners long term, even though they got rid of Edwin Diaz, who was disappointing. But these contracts, yeah. I think the best case, you're not, you know you're not going to get 10 good years out of them. Best no case, you get a few really good years and you dump them for a really cheap prospect. Exactly. And then. I mean, especially for a pitcher, a 10-year contract for a pitcher. I believe Cole's already 27, 28. He's not going to give you 10 elite years. That's just crazy, especially when more of his money is going to come in in the back end of that contract. So I guess they just like eat money with the Yankees. And I, I mean, if they got it, why not? That's kind of the Yankees thing at this point. Here, here's a blank check. Just sign it, Cole. <laughs> oh, gosh. So the rest of the rotation, 
I'm interested to see if they give their younger guys an opportunity. Without Severino, I, when Severino's in this rotation, I think it's, well, no, I would definitely say it's the strongest in the division by a landslide. Um, but yeah. it's a little weaker without him in it. They have Tanaka in the two spot, J.A. Happ three, James Paxton, who is hurt as of right now, but he will most likely start the season when they do begin. Um, he's in yeah. the fourth spot. Number five, they have Jordan Montgomery listed, and that five spot's been kind of a competition. And then they also have uh, Germain, who's going, who's on suspension right now, who, yeah. given a shortened season, probably won't play, or it's going to be close to if he does play. But um, So kind of a lot of question marks to me in their rotation right now. Uh, kick it off just starting with Tanaka. He's currently going pick 172. I think the only reason he's being drafted at all is because of his name. Um, he, he's declined pretty quickly. I think his upside's kind of limited. He'll get some wins because he is with the Yankees and they have a good team. But uh, at this point, he's just one of those guys. He's older now. I've seen him decline pretty fast and not a guy that I target. Not at all. And, I mean, like you said, when Severino went down, that, that lineup looked so nasty because, I mean, Tanaka would be the three guy and then you would have – and they would all just move back. So, I mean, losing Severino definitely hurt. So, I mean, Tanaka is their number two pitcher. Half as their number three. Paxton is their number four. It definitely – Paxton as a number four is not a bad option. Yeah. But, I mean, it's definitely – they really don't have a lot of strikeout guys in that lineup outside of Cole or either. You really look at it that way, too. Uh, Paxton's not much of a strikeout guy, really. Neither is half at all. Half isn't not even the slightest. So, it's definitely going to be interesting to see how the Yankees are going to do. So Cole's definitely going to have to be worth every penny. And Tanaka, I use as a streamer, I guess. Same yeah. with half and Pax. I mean, Paxton actually, I would keep rostered. I'm going to take that back just because with his time with the Mariners, I mean, he's shown he's shown he's worth what he could do. He's shown his potential. So I'd take him as my number two, number three pitcher. But everyone else, aside from Cole, the, the – uh, happen the Tanaka they're definitely more streamable in my opinion yeah no and I agree with your assessment of Paxton he's go currently going pick 198 so almost 30 picks later than Tanaka and when he's healthy he's always shown good ability but common theme here with the Yankees if healthy so yeah, I'd take him if he is uh, even if he's still injured I'd take him and stash him on a DL spot I think Paxton still has enough potential where i don't mind stashing him on a dl spot if you have a few of those open i agree he definitely has some stuff in the tank and he still gets to face the orioles so you definitely want to throw him in there especially when they're facing the orioles <laughs> what are you saying the orioles are bad no it wasn't implied <laughs> <laughs> maybe i have them winning this division now orioles winning the world series from 100 losses to 100 wins that would be a great ESPN 30 for 30. Uh-huh. We can co-host it since we came up with it and we predicted it. You heard it here first. <laughs> All right. Oh my God. Uh, <laughs> their bullpen, the Yankees have the best bullpen in baseball, in my opinion. It goes pretty deep. Uh, they have Chapman as their closer, currently going pick 67. We've talked about it before. We don't really take closers that early, but if that's your thing, have at it. Um, they have Adam Adovino. In there, Zach Brenton, um, all guys that are valuable in holds leagues. They're going later in drafts as of right now just because of their hold value. So, um, But the Yankees, in my opinion, have the best bullpen in baseball. 
Yeah, and I completely agree with what you said there. We don't take closers any earlier than pick 100. That's our rule of thumb. So, I mean, if you want to take one and then ignore us, I mean, great. Tell me how your season turns out. But that's just our opinion. And, and you know, Yankees, I mean, you got Zach Britton as a setup guy. He is still very, very valuable when he's on the field. So, I mean, to have him and uh, Chapman as your one, too, you can't go wrong with that in your bullpen at all. Yeah, my biggest thing with taking closers early is I think clo- – and you saw with Edwin Diaz last year how fast he fell off. Closers don't – I even remember going back a few years ago, Eric Gagne, you know, he was the man for a few years, and then he fell off the face of the earth. So closers tend to not have a very long lifespan, and obviously you have exceptions, Trevor Hoffman, Mariano Rivera, but, you know, there's exceptions to every rule. But – I just think so many closer situations are kind of iffy, and you can always find a closer on the waiver wire if you pay attention. And I mean, there's been drafts I don't take a closer at all, which is, you know, I don't know if I'd recommend that strategy in a safe yeah. league, but I've constructed three or four closers on a roster just based off of picking guys off of the waiver wire. So, I, uh, you know, that's usually the approach I take. And that's the thing, you know, closers, teams tend, tend to go with the hot hand. Yeah, during the season. So you have guys that are safe that are getting the money. You got your Chapmans, you got your Diaz's, you got your Kimbrels, you got the guys that are getting paid that you know are going to have that job. So that's why they're going so earlier than expected. But then you get your workmans and and then you get whoever, you know. So it's definitely you can stream half the closers and they end up being the closers. Yep, I agree. Then to finish it off, we'll go over a few impact prospects. I was surprised the Yankees' farm system right now is currently ranked 22nd, which was lower than I would have thought that it was. Um, But a few guys that I'm interested in, especially given the state of their rotation right now, uh, Clark Schmidt, who is in AAA form right now, and then Debbie Garcia, who I expect to be up at some point. I would personally have him up with all the injuries in that five spot, but doesn't look like they've overly been considering him. I'd rather have his upside than Montgomery at this point. But um, those are two guys that I think will at some point get some starts for the Yankees. Um, I'd keep an eye out on both of them because I think they have some ability to get you some fantasy numbers. Completely agree. That fifth spot is definitely open for anyone, at least until the next year and a half to two if Severino ever comes back. But, you know, but for the time being, yeah, that fifth spot's open, so. Yeah, someone better take it and run with it, I think. It might be him. Any other notes you would like to make on the New York Yankees? On the pinstripes, I think that's it for me, Doc. Where do you, and I said it in the last episode, where do you have this uh, the Yankees finishing in this division? I definitely see I definitely see them winning the division. If, if everyone's healthy, they're definitely winning the division. I, I see them at 85 to 90 wins. If everyone's healthy. Yeah, no, and I think they could win even more. I said it last time, but I think the Rays are going to win the division. But I uh, I think on paper, once we go back to the Cincinnati Reds, the greatest team on paper, I think the Yankees are in the similar category where they're one of the better teams in the league on paper. For sure, but the Yankees have to stay healthy. I mean, those Reds players, they could stay healthy. I mean, these Yankees over half their teams always hurt. Yeah, oh, but- my gosh. But, like, you know, but if they're all healthy, they're definitely the favorites to win the division. Yep, I agree. All right, so I think that's all that we have for the New York Yankees then. So, once again, thank you guys for watching. 
This has been another episode of Doc and Dog presented by the Fantasy Holics. <laughs> and if you don't already, make sure you subscribe to us on YouTube. Follow us on, or like us, I should say, on Facebook, Fantasy Holics. Our Twitter is at Fantasy Holics 1. And we also launched our new website this week, which is www.thefantasyholics.com. We have lots of content going up each and every day, so check that out, and we will see you guys next time. Go to the site.